0: Hey, everybody, welcome back. I'm Stacy Bellward, the host of the Connected Families podcast. Welcome to our community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth on to our children. I'm so glad that you are here today. Well, We are close to the end of the year. This episode is going to drop just days before Christmas. I'm almost ready, y'all. Well, you know, I heard a quote from the preacher at my church last week. And she said this, she said, God cares a lot about endings and beginnings. Well, I pray that as you end this year, it will be a joyous time for you and your family. On today's podcast, I have invited Anna Brosh, our executive director, and Jim Jackson, co-founder of Connected Families, to come and give a short update about our year end. And then I'm going to end with a sweet conversation that I had with a mom, maybe just like you, about what and how she has experienced good change in her life this year in her parenting. I'm excited to air that. Well, you may be aware that the end of the year for nonprofits is an important time to complete our budget. If you've been listening to this podcast, we consider you part of the community. We want to share with you where we are at at this year end. Hey, Anna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Stacy. I love this podcast
1: so much and I love listening to it. And now I get to be on it and that's so much fun.
0: It is fun. You only come on a couple of times a year and it's good. And we also are bringing on Jim, Jim Jackson. Welcome to the podcast too.
2: Hi, Stacey. I agree with Anna, everything she said.
0: Jim, we have a little celebration to do today, don't we?
2: We do. Lots of celebrating.
0: Lots of celebrating. We would like to announce that Anna Brach has been at Connected Families for 10 years. 10 years. (laughs) If I had party blowers, I would blow them right now, Anna. Surprise,
2: surprise. You didn't know. We fooled you. I didn't
0: know 10 years. I know. We surprised you, Anna. You are a blessing. You've been at Connected Families for 10 years, and we are so grateful for you.
1: You didn't Mm -hmm. know you've
2: been here 10 years?
1: No, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was going to be mentioned on this podcast.
2: Of course. How could we not? (laughs)
1: Wow. I think about 10 years ago, where I was then,
0: where I am now. Woo! Anna, I think that there's thousands and thousands of people around the world that could say the same thing. And they have experienced change. We're going to be talking about change today, but they have been able to experience change because of all of the work that you have done to orchestrate the workings of connected families. And we're so grateful.
1: For sure. <laughs> oh, it's been so much fun. Thank you. an an amazing, amazing pleasure and journey. And I can't even imagine again, where, where I would have been personally, if I did not have connected families in my life.
2: Well, you should you. do a podcast someday about the first day we met.
0: You should do a podcast. <laughs> Actually, we've done a podcast. Hey, guys, we will we will link that in the show notes and you can tap through and hear about Anna's story, which dropped, I think, just about a month ago or so. Well, we are in the season of the year where we are doing our year-end campaign. So, Anna, tell us about the year-end campaign and why did we decide to focus on stories that begin with change? We love big
1: stories of transformation and we hear stories frequently, just major stories of transformation. I love those stories. And yet there's been something in my heart that's just been nudging me to think about all the small steps that get to that big transformation. And I think especially because of where I am in my parenting with older teens, 17 and 18, and I think about. 10 plus years ago when those little changes started happening. And then we hear stories from people about these light bulb moments. And I'm so excited to share those stories and all the little steps that people have taken along the way to get to that big transformation.
0: So 17 and 18 year old kids, do you go around telling everyone like, Oh, treasure the moments, Anna because I do sometimes. Yeah, like the lady in the grocery
1: store, I definitely yeah. am that person. And I just have to bite my tongue. So often, yeah. I'll see people with a four and a six year old and be like, that was my favorite age.
0: <laughs> but I yeah. love all the stages. <laughs> yes. I do too, very much. Yes. But those little little I found a picture lately of my little six year old us out cross country skiing. Well, Jim, Anna just talked about light bulb moments. And I yeah. know you've shared lots of light bulb moments mm-hmm. in all of the courses and podcasts and all the different ways that connected families. Can you remember a light bulb moment from your early parenting that you'd like to share right now?
2: The first thing I pick out of the hat, Stacey, is a time when Lynn and I were first developing the framework. Connected Families had not yet been founded. We got asked to lead a family camp with our young family. And it was like, it was a little bit of a uh, like, we're going to bring in some people to talk about parenting. Parenting, but then they're going to have their three young children in tow, and let's just say that was an adve- an unexpected adventure. And
0: sounds like a little fishbowl. You
2: well, know, it was a fishbowl. It was a glass house. Yeah, all that stuff, and. There was, a, there was an afternoon where we were, had some free time and, I, you know, we had been talking through the framework and the importance of taking a step back before you take a step forward and all these ideas in the foundation to just get in touch with what's going on in you. I I'd taught that in the morning, but I hadn't really, I wasn't thinking about it all that much. We were just recreating and it was a great place. And I went into this little pool hall at the camp and kids were playing pool and I could hear a, an argument revving up across the room and I could see that my eldest son was in the middle of this brewing conflict. Over over pool, and he didn't like that somebody hadn't been following the rules. And it ramped up really fast. And I could see him start to raise his pool cue like he was going to whack somebody. And part of me wanted to just dive in and what is you can't. And you know, I'm conscious that my reputation is at stake here a little bit. And I'm a little embarrassed that my son is acting this way. But I realized there was enough space between him and the child that he was threatening with the pool cue that I didn't have to do anything immediately. So I decided to follow my own teaching kind of like maybe in the most profound way yet. I took a step back and I took a breath and I surveyed what was happening and I realized, and it didn't seem to be escalating toward danger. So I, I kind of slowly watched and and then as it, as it seemed to ramp up, I just sort of, hey, 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 and I just let him know I was there. And then kind of entered calmly and with connection and ended up working out a really cool little resolution between the kids. And the bonus of all of this was that I didn't know it at the time. There was a dad across the room watching this all unfold, and he watched me live it out. And then Mm -hmm. his testimony at the little sharing circle that night was, I saw Jim do that. And it was so amazing. And I and it was like, that kind of reinforced to me, you know, it's, it's one thing to talk about these ideas, but I got to just really drill into living this way. Mm-hmm. And I made that commitment early on. And that was a huge thing for me.
0: Well, I know Anna's been here 10 years. I've been here eight and a half years. And we have seen that in you and Lynn. You live it out and you're real. And it's been great. <laughs> to watch and, it. And we
2: still need to reflect regularly with our adult children on on what does it mean to be safe? What does it mean yeah. to communicate unconditional love? What does it mean to communicate you are capable? And because they're not under our jurisdiction anymore, how do we be sure to be strong about l- letting them be responsible for the things they are responsible
1: for? It changes all the time the way that you're viewing parenting through the connected families framework and And how I viewed that when I was first introduced to Connected Families when my kids were little and versus now, it's it's different and yet it's still so relevant, impactful.
0: So relevant. I think we say that all the time. The work is never done, asking ourselves what's going on in me and then walking through the framework. I would like to go back to talking about the campaign that we've been in. Our team has been working on it. Anna, could you just give us an update about it? it's such
1: an interesting time of year in December you know we start thinking about the year-end campaign and in August and we pull stories together and and we share stories and and in reality most people donate the last week of the year so between 26th and the 31st that's when big sizable portion of of donations come in. So we do what we can do to communicate the stories and the need and and we trust that God will stir in the hearts of those who are able to give. So specifically as of today as of the recording of the podcast today, there's a $179,000 gap by December 31st. So the campaign, the year-end campaign goal is 275,000. We're 96,000 on the way to 275, which means a gap of 179. That might seem like a big number, but it's actually quite attainable. We've seen people give generously before the year end, and we trust that people will again. So that's why we're recording this podcast. If just letting people know the need and for those who are able to give stirring on the the hearts of those who are inspired and able. Yeah.
2: And I want to pick up on, on that too. Early on in Lynn and my journey, you know, we were trying to figure out what is our giving strategy. And every year end, like you said, it's like, okay, we haven't given you know the number that we think we ought to give. Let's just give. And so uh, we were tempted to just kind of be random and give to the thing that sort of pricked our emotions the most quickly. And then all of a sudden we'd hear another thing and be like, oh, we'd love to give to that, but we've just used up our budget and we weren't very strategic about it. I'd like to invite everybody who's listening to a piece of advice Lynn and I got early on, which was to allocate your giving budget much in the same way that you think about investing. You diversify your portfolio. And so Lynn and I set out early on to, to, yes, to give to those things that really immediately tug on your heartstrings and seem so immediate, water and hunger and starvation and and evangelization and closing areas. And these are high felt needs. And then then there's kind of the blue chip stuff. Give to your church by all means as a primary place for your sort of blue chip giving. But then there's the proactive stuff. Like, what is the preventive stuff that we can invest in that might even prevent the need for some of these big dollars that are needed later on? And so we just invite anybody listening to consider how connected families might be a part of your proactive giving budget, because we believe we're these small beginnings and a reference are changing trajectories such that families down the line are in far less need of the big sorts of mental health issues and crises that might come about. So it's just our invitation to be proactive in your giving and, and consider prayerfully connected families on the way.
0: I have one last question for you, Anna. What are the plans for 2024? Well, obviously, quality, biblically-based,
1: encouraging content, the articles, the social media, and this podcast that's hitting so many podcast streams each week. Content is a huge investment for us. Content? continuing that. And then the development of our certified parent coaching program, the continued development, we're three years in and it's going really well, but we do have plans that will require more funding. And then thirdly, launching our partnership program. So that will be launching very soon in January. Stay tuned for that. And then integrating those three things. So integrating our content, our certified parent coaching program, and our partnership program. So we've just been spending a lot of thought and prayer and research thinking about creating systems and structure to support best practice learning. We're working on something called the parent transformation path, and we're just we're thinking through we're considering how we can remove obstacles and also create fertile ground for growth. So there will be more on that coming up this year, but I'm just really excited for what's in store for each person that's listening for every person in the connected families community, really just dig in and learn more and see lots more of those small heart transformation happen on the way to larger transformation. So when I think about those small changes that then lead to heart transformation, yes, I'm thinking about heart transformation, with kids and, 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 parent heart transformation with their child. But I also, I keep thinking about the heart transformation that happens. People fall in love with Jesus more and more through their parenting and the trust that they learn to develop the raw prayers that they have. And I just believe our content keeps pointing people to a deeper relationship, a deeper dependence on Jesus. And we get to be part of that. And it's just one of the most amazing things that I get to see When parents respond to us and say, my relationship with Jesus has changed forever because of the Connected Families content.
2: Stacey, Anna, we see these stories, we hear these stories. And and really over the last few years, a big change has happened in that so many of the stories we now hear are from people Lynn and I have never met. And the content reaches them in a new way. The podcast reaches them. Somebody in their community has become a certified parent coach and they've experienced this deep heart change that Anna is referencing. And still to this day, it brings tears to our eyes, just like it did back in the day, just like it did when God called Lynn and I early on to leave what we were doing and launch connected families in a humble beginning. And these beginnings, they're happening all around the world now. And certified parent coaches, I forget the count exactly, but somewhere in the neighborhood of a hundred and they're in seven or eight countries, as well as in most of the states in the United States, And your support makes it possible. It reaches these people. And little by little, this community of grace and truth is spreading and growing. And hearts are changing, not just kids' behaviors, but parents' hearts closer to Christ. And then they model that for their kids in compelling ways. And their kids are choosing more and more a way of grace in their homes and in their lives.
0: Well, we are so excited about what's in store for each one of you in 2024. We know that God is good and he has good plans for your family. You know, as Jim talked about, all of those people who are experiencing transformation and we're hearing the stories of it, I got to talk to a precious mom from our community. And we're going to air that conversation in just a minute. But before I do that, I really want to close this section of the podcast asking Jim, Jim, would you just close us in a short prayer a blessing over everyone who's listening?
2: I sure will. And I am grateful to God for your interview with Stacy as well. And Stacy and Stacy are coming up here. And Lord, we're grateful just for the work you give us to do at Connected Families, to to be in relationship with so many and grateful for the story of your work in Stacy and Stacy's life about to be displayed. And God, right now I pray that hearts would be open to you during this season that hearts would be open to your grace, to your truth for each parent, for each life, for each family, for each journey into extended family, that the parents hearing this right now would just grow in your grace and truth over this season so that you would be glorified in and through them. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. And amen. We all would love to have a Jim or Lynn prayer over us. So thank you, Jim. Thank you, Anna, for being with us. It was fun. Thank you, Stacey.
2: Always good, always good.
0: Well, as we talked about all month on our website and on social media, we've been highlighting families in our community who have experienced big changes as they have dug into our online courses or Thursday parenting tips, email, or even this podcast. Our heart as a team is to support the work God wants to do in your family to bring the transformation that leads to health and to wholeness. We like to say that a connected family is connected to God, each other, and their purpose in this world. Well, to end the show today, I'd like to introduce to you Stacy. I know, same name. Stacy, who experienced the change in her parenting that she really was looking for. Listen in to our conversation. Today, I'm with Stacy Rodenbeck. Hey, Stacy, welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. Hi, Stacey. I'm happy to be here. You spell your name different. We have to just clear that up, but that's okay. I love you just the same. (laughs) We're so grateful to have you as part of our community and grateful that you're here today to share your story of how you have come to know Connected Families and the changes in you and your family. So let me just start off right off the bat. You can fill in the blank Things began to change when dot, dot, dot. How would you fill that in?
3: I mean, there are so many ways that I could do that. The first thing that comes to mind is really just things really started to change for me when I realized like, do-overs are for me, too. I had known that I wanted to parent differently than I was parented, but I was kind of all over the place with that. I also lost my husband when my kids were babies, and so When I started listening to Connected Families, I was feeling really pretty discouraged with parenting because I was wanting to parent more gently and more kind of with more awareness of where my kids were. But everything I was reading and everybody I was, you know, hearing was saying like, don't you ever yell at your kids? One time of yelling, right? And it's this horrible thing. And so I was just in this guilt spiral of it's pretty stressful to work full time and to raise children by yourself. And so there would be days when I would be like, "I told you to get your jammies on. What are we doing?" You know. And then I would be like, "Oh well, I guess I just blew that interaction." Well, I, I, you know. And then just would spiral from there. And I distinctly remember I was enrolled in the Discipline That Connects course. That was like my first introduction to Connected Families. And Jim and Lynn were talking about, you know, kind of the whole, like, think about what's happening in me and asking that and modeling do-overs. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait, like, I can say... I started that wrong. Can I start over again? And it has like dramatically changed the way that I interact with my kids and the way that they respond to me. They even offer me do-overs now. My four and a half year old will be like, mom, that was not a very nice way to say that. You want to try again? (laughs) It's just been great.
0: Oh, I love that. I know the do-overs. Have you ever literally like walked out of the room and came back in the room? Stacey, have you done that? I have done that. I remember one time I was,
3: bedtime was not good. I had, you know, we were running late and I had really rushed them. They called me. I had gotten them in bed and they called me and I like came running up the stairs and just, you know, like opened the door real fast. And I don't know, said something pretty gruffly. And my kids, like their eyes just got really big. And I was like, you know what? I want to try that again. I'm going to leave. And, um, (laughs) I promise I'll be back in like 30 seconds, but I'm going to walk back out and I'm going to try this again. And my daughter said, okay, mom. And we tried again. And it was, it was great.
0: Oh, I like that. I think there is a really big realization when, when parents are like, wait a minute, the do-over is not just for the child, like them to make right what went wrong. It's for me also, and it just speaks to the gospel. It speaks to grace. And so I wonder if you would just share about that. Like, what have you learned about grace as you've been practicing doovers?
3: I think about this a lot, actually, because I think... I sort of grew up with this idea that grace was just kind of like this blanket that like covered over our wrongdoings, but in recent years, and especially this do over kind of thing is a good illustration of, of this, like, I see grace more now as the power to overcome that. God gives us grace in grace is forgiveness and a covering over of our sins, but also in grace is power to do what's right. And so I love hearing Lynn talk about like all the brain pathways and how like do-overs really help us to empower us to do the right thing next time. And that's grace right there. Just because there's science in it doesn't mean that God is not behind it. And his grace is there saying, you do the right thing. And you back up and you try over again and start those pathways and then they get ingrained and you can more and more easily do the right thing. That ability to try again and then realize the more you try again, the easier it gets.
0: Yeah. Isn't that something? And that I'm clean. Like I did do wrong, but I can ask for forgiveness from father, from my children, from whoever it is that I've wronged and and I'm clean. And then I can do it again and do it better. And then, yeah, like you said, with the brain pathways, that they can become ingrained so that they do become more and more natural easier to do faster over time and that's the celebration part of the do over isn't it it's the high five it's kids did you see me did you see it i did it different when i did that even if i didn't 100 right i did it mostly right or partially right i still celebrated because there was so much brain science involved in that yeah yes
3: it's so beautiful. And of course we're a little over a year out now from when I first started working do-overs and kind of working things. And what I'm seeing now is that I can be really, really overwhelmed. And my, even though my brain is like, kind of like snapping, like I can't handle this. My habit now is to take a deep breath, and say, Hey, you sound really angry. What's going on? Are you saying that to yourself, Stacey? Or to my kids, right? If they're screaming at me, then I also do some of those things to myself. I can't remember who it was I heard talking about. It wasn't somebody at Connected Families, but they talked about like speaking kindly to the unpleasant emotions that we Mm -hmm. feel. And so sometimes I do practice that and just say like to my anger, like, Hey, I see you. I do need you to sit down for a second because this is a moment in which I need to be kind.
0: Well, you have mentioned that you were a part of the Discipline That Connects online course. What are the ways that you've engaged with connected families?
3: I have enjoyed the podcast. I've listened off and on to the podcast. I'm also very involved in the alumni Facebook group. So I found a lot of support there. I really enjoy celebrating wins with the other parents there, getting feedback. So I've really engaged probably most heavily in that forum. And then, you know, blog posts here and there. See, I've also done a couple of other courses now. I've done the, oh, the sibling rivalry rewind we, we on the peace process, which actually I expected to mostly do that working through conflicts with my kids between my children and found out that, wait, I can actually apply this when I'm asking them to do something and they don't want to do it. So that's been great. I have talked to so many friends about it. I took this parenting course, and then I took another one. And it has helped me in my parenting, but it has helped me in my job. It has helped me navigate friendships that were having some rocky patches. So just really beautiful.
0: I want to end with a story that you wrote about, and that's when one of your kids had some big emotions and you were working through big emotions. But I love this story because it really does show such a shift in you And from what I hear, it's just in the last year, which is just amazing because you also wrote like after taking this one that connects and this work that you've been doing to kind of bring it all together, you said, I feel so much more confident, more connected to my kids, more sure of my own boundaries, how to set boundaries, how to bring conflict resolution. And we hear that over and over again. It's just the confidence in my parenting that brings such a shift. Why don't you speak to that and then tell your story of big emotions.
3: Okay. So I struggle just as a person with needing to be right? Not so much in a, I mean, I can argue with the best of them, but more in a, like, I want to be seen. Well, I want to, I'm kind of a people pleaser and I'm the person in the room who's like, are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? What, what did you think about what I just did over there? Right. So, and then I had kids, right. And everybody has such strong opinions about how to raise kids. And my number one, my first, my first kiddo, she is a fireball. She lives life very very large, she's very intelligent, nothing that I thought I knew. Was working. (laughs) And so, you know, I had this, you know, network of parents and older parents who had parented in a more kind of rules based, punitive ways, good parents, loving parents, but lots of, you know, kind of punishments and things like that. And so I had tried some of those things when my husband died. I had just started some like training sessions with my daughter where I would like give her a task and then like make her do it basically through like repeated commands and and punishments. And it was not working. We would be embroiled in these hour and a half battles. And she was 18 months old. Like it was just not working. And I remember telling some people like this is not working for us. And they're like, well, you just must be doing it wrong. And I'm like, no, I really don't think it works for her. Like, I really don't think this approach works for her. So I was looking for all of something different. She has these really big emotions and it comes naturally to me when she's really upset to go in and like pick her up and like comfort her but for a long time I would I would do that but I would also be like okay you need to calm down now it's time to stop crying you know and would sort of like downplay what had happened you know I know that happened but it wasn't that big of a deal and all of this and so there was this culture of mistrust in our home that I didn't even realize was there I just thought I was trying to comfort my child and then I realized early on in the Discipline That Connects course when they were talking about listening that I hadn't really been listening. And I started listening to what she was saying when I was coming to comfort her. And she was saying, no, don't touch me, leave me alone. And so I remember one day she was, you know, really upset. I don't remember what she was upset about, but she was on the floor and she was really upset. And I walked into the room and she you know, no, I don't. And I just knelt down beside her and I put my hands up like this. And I said, I'm going to, I'm not going to touch you. See, my hands are up in the air. I love you. It's okay that you feel these big emotions. I'm just going to sit next to you. And if you want me to touch you, you can let me know. And she just like looked at me and then she kind of went on with her thing and it ended like so quickly. And pretty soon she was grabbing my hands. One of her big things to signal that she's done with an outburst is to like take my hand and use it to wipe her eyes. So she was grabbing my hand and wiping her eyes and crawling in my lap. And what's amazing, I think that was about six months ago. And now she almost always wants me to pick her up right away. So because, and I really think that's because she feels, she knows that her big emotions don't scare me anymore. And that I'm not trying to get her to calm down for my sake. And Mm -hmm. so she does Mm -hmm. seek that comfort for me now, but it took backing off first and saying, Mm -hmm. like, you pay attention to your own body, kiddo. I'm just here for support.
0: Yeah. And how would you have dealt with that before a year ago? Yeah, I would have
3: tried. You know, I feel like somebody, when I was going through Connected Families, they're like, you've made a big shift. And I was like, sort of. I had a philosophy that was that I wanted to provide this for my children, right? I wanted to be supportive and I wanted to be able to do this, but I didn't have a framework to work with. And so I would have started by coming in and saying something like, oh, you're so upset. Let me help you and pick you up. And what happened? You know, I would do some of those things that I I still do. And I still think those are, are good things to do. But then when those things didn't bring her back down, then I would get frustrated. You know, my blood pressure would start to go up and I would be like, I can't handle this anymore. And so then, you know, after the tantrum had gone on for several minutes, I would be kind of losing my stamina. Saying, you've got to stop. Mommy is not the one that hurt you. You have to stop. And I would like, you know, pick her up and be like, if you're not going to stop crying, I'm just going to put you down on my bed. For sure. And then we can do a do over, right? That's right. We have the (laughs) do overs are on our side.
0: (laughs) Stacy, thank you so much for sharing your stories. And just, I know this is a little snippet of your journey of parenting and the changes that have been happening in your home. We're so grateful that you're part of our community, that you're showing up in our Facebook alumni group. There's way over a thousand people. There people who have gone through our two courses, discipline that connects or sensitive and intense. The two big courses, we're just so grateful for you and that you're
3: there and you're, you're here with us. Yeah, I'm so, so thankful to have found connected families
0: and it's, certainly blessed us. Thanks very much. I love all the stories because it shows that God is at work to bring growth and there is so much hope for the times that we feel stuck. Will you consider a gift to connected families before the year is over? Donations make the work that we do possible and we need your help. Your gift will be a huge blessing to families. There are many ways to donate. And when you do, we will say thank you by sending you our fun new sticker sheet of phrases that we use a lot around here like slow, low, and listen. Well, thanks for considering a year-end gift today. And thanks for tuning in today, friends. For more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.